Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Deadline's new Hollywood podcast. As we navigate this new remote style of recording, uh, my name is Dino Ray Ramos. Uh, this week we have actually this is our first virtual uh, remote guest. You know, the week before we it was just a host only ordeal, but this week we have Alan Yang, writer and director of the upcoming feature film, Tiger Tail. You also may know Alan from Master of None. He uh, co-created that. He also is a producer on the wonderful series Little America uh, with um, Kumail Nanjiani and Emily B. Gordon, friends of the podcast. And also, he was uh, he worked on Parks and Recreation. Duh. And he was in the band... Rat Mouse. Mouse Rat? <laughs> no, they kept on changing their name. Uh, and he actually was in a band before. So yeah, me and Amanda got to talk to Alan remotely. Um, and, you know, th- the sound is great. <laughs> oh, no, but thanks to our uh, producer. Shout out to our producer, David, for uh, making this a spectacular podcast and making it sound the best way as possible. Best possible way best way possible. I don't know what this quarantine is doing to my vocabulary. But anyways, uh, yeah. So Alan Yang directed Tiger Tail, which is a beautiful immigrant story starring Tai Ma, Christine Ko. And it comes out this Friday, April 10th on Netflix. So please watch it. It's a gorgeous movie, emotional and moving tale. Tai Ma is fucking amazing in it. Alan is a talent and we are happy to have him. So without further ado, here is Alan Yang for Tiger Tail. I have to say I loved Tiger Tail. I was it was there was it was so I loved the story and I loved you know I was I was I was pleasant I I loved it. That's all I can really say. <laughs> I was like this is a worst place to start an interview. <laughs> that's that's really meaningful. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, yeah. I I really wanted to tell you that it was I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, appreciate so much. And, and Dina Ray, I saw some of your comments on on Twitter. As I really appreciate uh, you putting that out there as well. No, no problem, man. I mean, like I saw it. I saw an early screening of it. I think it was like about a month ago. 
and it was only me, Rebecca's son, and and, and um, Pia from uh, from THR. I mean, I know there are competitors, but we're all in this together, right? Uh, it was only us. <laughs> it was only us in the theater together. By the end, everyone was bawling. Like. <laughs> So thank you so much for, for taking the time out. You're actually our first guest of our remote recording because we did it one when right. it was just us, but you're our first like remote uh, podcast guest. So congratulations. Like, <laughs> 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 you on, uh, put it in the, put it in the <laughs> Um, Alan, so let's just start from the beginning. Uh, your 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 story, your business, uh, your uh, story is very unique. So you, you went to school and you studied biology, correct? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things changed for me when I got to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have any inkling that this was a job. You know, where I grew up, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there was no one in the entertainment industry. You know, no one in my family had done it before. Obviously, they're immigrants. And um, yeah, I got to college and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I majored in biology because, uh, you know, I kind of had an equal interest in in, in the humanities and, and science and math. And so uh, mm-hmm. I did a I started playing in a, in a punk rock band and, and singing and performing on the weekends and uh, started writing as well. So um, I wrote for a comedy magazine and, and, and those two things really started inspiring me and, and, and really mm-hmm. to go into something creative as a career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did you find your love for, for writing? What, when did you start writing and how did you sort of, when did you decide, decide like this is what my career is going to be? Uh, it was really writing in college and, and writing for this magazine and feeling like oh, I love hanging out with smart, funny people who have interesting mm-hmm. uh, opinions and points of view. And and it started to dawn on me that maybe this could be a job, you know, coming from a family where that wasn't extremely likely. You know, you get a lot of Asian parents are like, you know, doctor, lawyer, businessman, and you're dead to me. Uh, so <laughs> uh, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that harsh, but it definitely uh, comedy writer slash art house film director was not uh, <laughs> on the list of, uh, of jobs. Obviously, earlier in your career and even in your life, did you struggle you know a lot of us i mean speaking from my experience you know i grew up in texas um and you know being a children of immigrants and being this asian american kid did you ever kind of have a struggle with connecting with your culture um not just like with your personal life but also kind of professionally when you were going when you were coming up when you were writing Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I grew up in, in, in California, and but you would think that there would be a ton of Asian people, but there weren't in my hometown. I grew up in Riverside and, and I was one of the only ones in, in my school. And so um, I tried to fit in. I tried to be a quote unquote American. I played sports and I listened to rock music and I, I did American stuff. And um, it only mm-hmm. it was later in my life as I matured and, and became an adult and and became a creative person that I think both those things kind of dovetail where, look, the best, the best tool in your toolbox, the most important thing when you're creating, when you're writing, when you're directing is your point of view and your unique perspective and portraying how you see the world and communicating that to other people. And I realized, uh, you know, not even that long ago, one of the things that made my point of view unique was my heritage and where I come from and mm-hmm. and, where, and the, the way in which I grew up. So I started embracing it. But certainly early on in my career, that was scary because, quite frankly, there wasn't Asian stuff being made. It was an impossibility. Mm-hmm. I wrote a pilot years ago about a father and son, and 
I made the characters white because I was like, I can't get this made with Asian people. There's no way. I don't know. I don't know who you cast. I don't know how to get this made. And so it's it's almost out of a sense of fear. And I think that's changing. And I couldn't be happier about it. Um, I don't think this movie could have been made ten years ago or even five years ago at at the at, you know in the way it was made uh, this year. And when I started writing the script, it was a huge leap of faith. It was probably four years. It was there was no crazy rich Asians. There was no farewell. Parasite hadn't won fifty million Oscars, so um, it was a different time. And it, <laughs> honestly, a little wow. bit insane to write a movie with an entirely Asian and Asian American cast with no white people in it. So, <laughs> uh, I'm glad. I'm glad the climate seems to be turning, and um, a movie like this can be made on a platform like Netflix with with hundreds of millions of users. Yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you were you wrote this, you know, starting like four years ago, I think. But and then so and it's a very personal story, from what I understand. And you know, how long did you marinate on the story before actually putting a word to a page? Uh, it feels like my whole life <laughs> because it's so much of it is so personal. Uh, but really, uh, it was a, it was a fairly long blue sky period where I was just kind of marshalling ideas and thinking about what the heart of the story was. And that process continued throughout the writing of the actual pages, throughout the breaking of the story, throughout the shooting and throughout the editing. Um, it, it, it Sometimes the movie tells you what it wants to be. And what I realized what the core of the story was, was this man's journey from rural Taiwan to the Bronx to New York City and his relationships with the four most important women in his life, his mother, the woman he loved, the woman he married, and his daughter. And, um, you know, the performances of the movie really bring out the emotion in the story, but I really felt like that was the spine of, 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 of the entire movie. I interviewed Tai, tai Ma uh, uh, recently about, you know, because he is Tai Ma, and um, and I was talking to him about this film, um, and I didn't realize when I was watching this. So did you go from, uh, um, going from, did you go from film to digital when you were filming it? Did you really want to do that? Cause when I first saw it, I mean, we go back to, you know, flashbacks, you, we see, um, you know, it's very grainy. It very has that feel like, I don't, it, it feels like, you know, a very Asian awesome film that kind of classic asian film and then when we meet up with taima it's very modern did you was that what went behind that creative choice is that something you really wanted to kind of establish that was wholly intentional yes i'm glad you picked up on that and some other people are picking up on that because i sat down with my cinematographer nigel block before we shot the film and we wanted to make sure the feeling of those memories, those flashback sequences felt vivid and passionate and full of life like the character was at that time. So we came up with a few ways to convey that visually and cinematically. So when you're in the past, we shoot on 16 millimeter film and you get that saturation, you get the intensity of color, you get the reds and the beautiful greens in Taiwan and that cyan, that, that light cyan, light blue color that is in a lot of Taiwanese architecture. And then when we come to America, as you said, we desaturate the color, it's on digital, the camera's sitting on tripod, it's sitting on dolly, and um, we show that the passion and the, you know, the, the, the sort of vitality of uh, the Pinsir character is kind of drained. And mm. um, we wanted to show that when we go into those flashbacks, it's really, 
his memory of it. So it is intensified and sort of heightened and it's this beautiful filmic world, but it's also one man's memory. So that distinction was really important for us. And obviously, you know, there's a ton of inspiration from Asian cinema as well for those flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I, 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 I immediately noticed that. And I, um, the, uh, I, I forget his name, Lee, I think the one who plays young time mom. Hong Chi Lee. Yes. Yeah. Hong Chi Lee. Yeah. Oh my, he is so charming. Like, <laughs> like he's a star. He's yeah. a star. And, 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 and it, it was, it was such a challenge casting that role. And I'll tell you a, a quick story about casting uh, Hong Chi. Um, you know, he's been in some movies in Taiwan and, uh, the casting process in Taiwan is, is totally different from here. It's not a traditional casting office, you know, video, et cetera. I flew to Taiwan to meet the actors. I met with a bunch of different people and saw how they would fit in or not fit into the roles. Um, and I had Hong Chi in my mind because I'd seen some tape on him and I knew that he had a great look and he had a great charisma on screen. Uh, he came in and uh, again, you don't audition traditionally. You kind of have these general meetings. And so he came in and he was super cool. He had a cool hat on. He had an interesting vibe. And um, we talked about art house films. We talked about Truffaut and he had a great, great, interesting energy. And I asked him if he'd be comfortable reading some lines. So he said, okay. And we auditioned and we did this scene where he's dancing with Yang Yuan and, and, you know, he's magnetic and there's this chemistry and, uh, he was terrible. <laughs> it was, it was like, I can say that now because he's so amazing in the movie, mm -hmm. but, um, he, 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 he just didn't feel like he was getting it. And I gave him notes. Obviously there's a language barrier. So I worked with him and, and we rehearsed for an hour, hour and a half. I flew back to America, having met a lot of potential young Ping Suiz and I, I, I couldn't decide what to do. I sat in my office in New York and I was rolling it around in my head and, and I couldn't get Hong Chi out of my mind, even though um, mm. his audition was a little rough. So um, I cast him. I just trusted my gut and I cast him. And the first time he came to set in the Bronx, um, I, I'll never forget, it was a scene where he's teaching Zen Zen how to play keyboard. He's bought a keyboard for her as a gift. And we crouched down in front of the monitors. They're tiny 16 millimeter monitors. So they're an inch, inch tall and they're really small. And he does a scene, it's like a three minute long scene. And afterwards, I'll never forget my, my AD, uh, Tom Fatone, standing next to me, he's a white guy. And he's like, I don't speak a word of Mandarin, but that guy is incredible. <laughs> he's no. incredible, and you can tell. And, 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 and we, we flew back to Taiwan, shot the whole movie. It was great. And at the rap party, he, he thanked me for casting me in, him in the movie. And he said, I just want to apologize. Uh, you know, I know that uh, in my audition, I wasn't good. I was like, no, 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 you were fine. He's like, no, no, I was bad. I was like, why? <laughs> I've never auditioned in my life. And I was oh, like, what? I was wow. like, how did you get cast in movies? And he said, uh, I was walking down wow. the street one day and some guy saw him and said, oh, you look really cool. You want to be in a movie? And then he was in movies. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Yeah. But you either got it or you don't. I mean, you, you, you really, your yeah. gut is really yeah. good because he is like phenomenal. And like, there's something so magnetic and charming and attractive. And just like, you never have seen, you know, you know, we've always had this conversation about the desexualization of the Asian male but he is this leading man. And I hope after this, people will, you know, start booking him because I think he, he was just, to me, like just seeing him, like he goes through this whole range of emotion being this kind of uh, innocent guy coming to America. Then he's kind of this downtrodden, you know, immigrant. It's, I, I love, I, I love him. I have a poster of him on my wall. 
<laughs> Did you? That, that was such a challenge. Sorry, sorry, Amanda. That, that, that mm-hmm. was such a challenge uh, casting that role because we needed Asian James Dean. We needed yeah. just a star. We needed like a guy who leaped off the screen and really came through for us. You know, as I mentioned, uh, I was a uh, I was a very bad Asian kid. You know, I, I, I didn't really I didn't really have a, a lot of. Uh, sort of interest in my heritage. I didn't speak Mandarin. I, I hated eating rice. You know, that's all changed. I eat rice all the time now. But, but uh, um, I hadn't gone back to since I was seven years old. You know, I, I, I just hadn't gone back. And I, it was only because I was forced to. I, I went to a funeral when I was seven. Um, and so finally, a few years ago, I was in China doing work stuff. And I asked my dad if he wanted to meet me in Taiwan. And so we went to Taiwan and he showed me around and, and, and showed me his country. And basically he showed me where he came from. And that was so personally meaningful for me that um, it, it, I had already sort of started thinking about the movie roughly, but a lot of the stories he told me on that trip and a lot of the experiences we shared kind of imbued the film that was to be made. And, and, and uh, it was really an influential trip for me. And, you know, I, I, I tweeted this, you know, when the trailer came out, but, you know, and I wrote this huge piece on it recently, which was a, an emotional journey about the treatment of Asian Americans right now, not just Asian Americans, but just Asians in this certain, you know, climate, um, you know, where a lot of people are being harassed uh, and, and accosted, like people, probably all of us know, um, but... I saw this as kind of like, I mean, it sounds so weird. This is kind of perfect timing for this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but for Alan, why do you why do you think this is more relevant now than ever? This uh, Tiger Tail, your film. It, it's so strange to say because you know, obviously, it's such a difficult time for so many people, and and obviously, you know, our number one concern is is making sure people are healthy and we're, and we're getting to the bottom of this and, and curing this disease. But at the same time, you're right. You know, Asian Americans and Asian people are experiencing a level of overt racism that, frankly, I thought as time has passed, you know, and, and it's very disappointing <laughs> right, to see right. it rear its head again and again and again. And so I think, look, whatever small part this film can play, uh, you know, in the past, I think culture and, and American culture in particular has kind of been negligent in portraying Asian American people as fully realized human beings. We've always been otherized. We've always been portrayed as one-dimensional we've been the butt of jokes we've been shown as the perpetual foreigner there's so many elements mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. um you know asian people are depicted as 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 alien or as uh, automatons or as not as fully human and to me this movie is takes that stereotype of the stoic asian dad and says what has that guy actually seen you know there's a there's a world where that guy was the most charismatic guy in the world, you know, like, yeah. where he started out as as that kind of guy and and has only now become what he is, what, what you've seen in previous movies. And it's because of his incredible life experience. It's, it, and it's because of how he was raised and how he has uh, struggled so much that made him who he is. So mm-hmm. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, just showing Asian faces as three-dimensional human beings, as trivial and basic as that sounds, uh, you can't take that for granted because we haven't seen it that much in our movies and in our shows. 
yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and I want to do. I also want to just talk briefly about the casting in this with with Tai Ma, Christine Ko. Uh, I I honestly, you know. You know, the community always says, you know, Tai Ma is the Asian dad. Like, he, he's always the Asian dad. He's our Asian dad, Hollywood's Asian dad. But he, you know, even recently, you know, he was in Rush Hour. He was in The Farewell, even in Mulan. You know, he's the in dad. In Mulan, yeah. But, you know, I was talking to him and he says they're all different characters. They're, they just happen to be dads. But with this, I want to say this is the first time I've seen him like this. Like, what... What was it about, you know, Tai Ma besides the fact that he's Tai Ma that you wanted him in this role? Tai has an incredible ability to do so much by doing so little. You know, oh. he, can, he can really convey a universe of emotions and without, uh, without being flamboyant or over the top or melodramatic or any of these things that we didn't want in the movie. We wanted the movie to be emotional without being sentimental. We wanted to show, not tell. We wanted to show quietude and restraint and have moments where moments of silence where you could understand what was happening without us holding your hand. So Ty was perfect for that. And, and just if you look at his face, you can look at a still image of Ty and it speaks volume. So he was he was perfect casting. And on top of that, it makes me a uh, brother and sister with Mulan and Aquafina. So <laughs> just a little bonus. But it's, it's amazing. You watch the with Ty and Christine Coe and, um, you know, the scene in the restaurant where Christine is the only character uh, in the movie, plays the only character in the movie who who says how she feels you know and, and it's it's so it's such a release when that scene happens and you see um tears on her face and you just haven't seen that in the movie up to that point so um it's it's in some ways that scene is a microcosm of of taiwan versus america and and, and the older generation versus the younger generation and that dichotomy i think i think is really interesting as well. yeah yeah i think that's an interesting point you bring up about kind of you know you know me and amanda are both from immigrant families you know and a lot of immigrant families you know, my parents, it took them, I don't know how long to share emotion, you know, uh, it, it, it there's, yeah. a de- there's a definite generational thing. Now that we're older and everything, my, like, even just the other day, my dad just called and checked up on me. And a lot of Asian families don't even say, I love you on the phone. And I, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, I think Amanda's the same way. So it's, it's very interesting. And I, I really like that. We've gotten to the point where we text I love you. So baby steps, you know, baby <laughs> yeah, steps. But, but that's one that's one of the themes of the movie, you know. It's and it's uh, one of one of the ideas I wanted to explore in the movie is why are our parents that way? And obviously part of it is cultural. It's generational and it's cultural. And in the opening sequence of the movie, uh the young, young child Pink Sweet misses his mom. And what does his grandma say? Don't cry. Don't cry even though you miss your mom. The way to be strong is to conceal your emotions and is to be brave and stoic and all these, you know, traditionally, stereotypically masculine characteristics. And I think there's there's a grain of truth in that. You know, they were taught that it's a symbol of strength to 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 not be open and to be vulnerable. And I think one of the the, the measures of growth in the movie is that that character uh, changes out of that, even though it takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This being so personal to you, what do you what are you sort of hoping that like that audiences will take away? Um, there's there's a few things. And, and one is very, very sort of elemental, which is it's never too late to connect and it's never too late 
to tell the people you care about that you love them. And I know that sounds in some ways even like a hallmarky message, but the movie, I promise you, is not that type of movie. It's not didactic. It's not telling you what to do. It's just showing by example um, what happens when you're not honest about how you feel. And um, if, if anyone finishes this movie and, and calls the, their parents, uh, you know, I feel like my job is done. I've actually heard, I've actually heard a couple of people already that. Reviewers, reviewers have said, you know, you, you know, reviewers are cold hearted. They've seen it no, all. So to get yeah. through to them is, is really exciting. And, and, and really it's, it's about, um, connection it's about honesty and it's about um uh, the value in in seeing that and 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 on top of that it's 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 the differences between uh growing up in taiwan and growing up in america i think that gulf is one that i still find interesting and and and, and love to explore that territory yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean like when i watched it i was just like i i immediately saw my dad in thai and you know immediately that kind of just and then also just any, lately, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> every single immigrant story has made me cry. Like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I've watched, you know, fa- mm. Farewell was a big thing for me just because of the time my grandmother had died. And then I watched all of Little America, um, also, you know, <laughs> here in Walden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I cried at every single episode. And Amanda could attest to this because I'm a big old crybaby anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with, yeah. but with no, this no, one the- is was like very it hit so hard for 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 yeah. good reasons and it was very universal too it, 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 even though it was you know it was an asian an asian american uh uh story the story was like i said i was so touched by it like it was such a universal message and i think anybody can really relate to 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 this film mm-hmm. yeah i i, I want to stress that too that this is not just for Asian American people, it in some ways could not have more universal themes. It's about lost yeah. love, it's about regret, it's about choices you made in your past, and it's about the love between a father and a daughter. I mean, these these themes are as human as could be, and I really believe that um, in this case, because the story is so specific and personal, there is a, a ring of emotional truth in it that makes it universal. So I, I'm so glad to yeah. hear that. I feel like uh, and by no means should this be pigeonholed as an Asian film. No, I, I can't wait for the Asian yeah. community to see it, but I, I really mm-hmm. believe that it also has value for non-Asian people to just a, as a little yeah. bit of a window into this specific Taiwanese-American family's journey. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. like, like I, when you, when this project was first announced, I, and I was just like, oh, you know, I know your work from Parks and Rec and from Master of None. And for some reason, I was all, oh, Alan Yang's going to release a comedy called Tiger Tail. All right. And I was excited. I thought this was going to be a big old comedy for some, like, before I even knew. I just, I just saw your name attached to the title. And I was all, okay, it's going to be a comedy. But then as the news came out, I was just like, oh, oh this is going to be deep, yo. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be a comedy. But how was that shift? Like, cause you are known for doing more for comedy, but like, this was honestly unexpected on my end from what I know your work from, you know, I was just like, okay, this is totally a different kind of left turn for you. Yeah, it was really exciting. Honestly, it was really exciting. And, and obviously it's a risk because, you know, it's easy to play it safe and to keep doing what you're comfortable doing and stay in your lane and um, kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again. But for me, I feel 
so liberated. I, I, I genuinely feel genre agnostic. You know, I feel like whatever story, world, characters I'm gravitating towards, I'm passionate about, I let that story guide what genre it is, whether that be a comedy, whether that be a supernatural show, an anthology, whatever. Um, and, and I knew from the beginning that this was a drama and, and it just felt like the gravity of the emotions involved, the nature of the story, the, the sort of heartbreak and the sort of lost love aspect of the story really screamed drama to me. And um, I have really diverse interests. You know, I in the, in the past week, um, you know, I watched a Truffaut movie and I watched a, a little bit of Tiger King and I watched uh, This is Outfire, you know? It's like, you know, that's like, you can do it all, man. You can do it all. No one's saying you have to stay in one lane. So. Um, it was really exciting for me. Obviously, it's a challenge doing a, taking on a different genre, but um, I did I did as much research as I could. I watched as many great films as I could to inspire me, and and I and I put a lot of work into it. So um, I feel like if you're not a little bit scared by the next thing you're doing, you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. And and I feel like um, I have a, a ton of different interests, and and I and I I look forward to surprising people next time as well. Good, good. Right. I like that genre agnostic. That should be a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> genre agnostic yeah 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 that's a that that, that that's a hashtag right there yeah that's yeah a hashtag right there that'll be the hashtag for this um, episode <laughs> <laughs> um so alan is there um anything that you can tell us that you have coming up uh yeah uh, i can tell you about little america season two and then i can say uh, yeah. there's a lot of projects coming up that i cannot tell you about that oh, okay. but they're well. very exciting and and i'm working with great people and 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 uh, yeah, I, I'm doing a little bit of work every day on those projects, along with doing uh, press for Tiger Tail. But uh, yeah, definitely a little America season two. Look out for that. The writers' room is going, and um, I know we're there's been obviously a delay in production because of what's going on. But I'm very excited about what mm -hmm. what we have going on uh, for you guys for next season, and and a few more things on the horizon as well. Yeah. There's there's definitely yeah. things cooking. Yeah. Well, Kumail and Emily were on our podcast uh, two two episodes ago. I think um, they they were our hundredth episode. Right. I think that yeah. I think right before the quarantine shutdown happened. I think that was that, that they were our last guests, right? Yeah. No. No. We had yeah. They yeah. they are they are so awesome. I I, I love the show. Yes. Yeah. I zoomed yeah, with them yesterday. Them. It was a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So just, just to wrap it up, we like to end on this thing we call the facts or the FAQs, just random sort of questions. Um, so the first question is, um, what are you currently binging during your, your quarantine, uh, during your quarantine? So uh, there, there are a number of things. I listed a couple of things that I was watching. Right. And I do want to say, uh, for all the people who are confused about <laughs> uh, let me clear it up. This is definitely a sequel. It's a sequel to Tiger <laughs> <laughs> If you wait long enough, in minute 88 of the movie, yes, it starts out as an Asian-American family drama that's largely in Mandarin, but in 80, minute 88, uh, Joe Exotic does appear. So just wait for it. I promise you, yes. the whole thing, you'll, he'll show up. Um, uh, but no, I, we, we were joking about that. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to people searching for Tiger and accidentally clicking on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> gross in the story of the Taiwanese immigrants' life. Um, but but yeah, that it's it's been really fun. I'm trying to think what else. Um, I I, uh, I again, I like to do a kind of high low type thing. So 
Um, I, I watch kind of art house movies, so I watched this movie, uh, Battle of Algiers, recently. And then I also watch Love is Blind. So I kind of go back and forth. You know, you go back and forth, and you got to stay abreast of the culture and, and also watch films that teach you how to, to make movies. So you do both, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's so, that's so interesting. <laughs> because, like, people, what if, like, people click on Tiger Tail and they're like, oh, when is this Joe Exotic coming in? And they're just waiting for him to pop up. <laughs> My goal, honestly, is like if enough people watch this movie that a month or two from now, people can ask like, hey, remember when you were quarantined? Like, were you a Tiger Tail person or a Tiger King? <laughs> you know? I know. Were you, like, were you team Tiger Tail or team Tiger? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good it's a good uh, it's a good time for titles with tiger in it so it, it's it's on it's on it's on brand um so what predominantly white tv series would you want to remake with an all asian cast <laughs> you know you know i directed a, a music video for jay-z that was yeah i remember trend. that i remember yeah. that yeah trans with an all black cast incredible cast by the way <laughs> that was dope Tessa thompson Issa ray uh, Tiffany Haddish, Gerard. I mean, it was so many people, but uh, a really good question. You know, <laughs> it, you know what? Why don't we make an office? Let's make a let's make a, a version of the office. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know Randall was already on that show, but maybe he could be Michael Scott. <laughs> oh, that's dope! I would so watch. Oh man, let's start casting that. I know everyone's wanting to remake the Office. Let's just do it Asian style. So. <laughs> Okay, so have you developed a weird, any weird or interesting habits, purchased any weird thing online since your quarantine? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been cooking a lot more, which is nice, but I also, um, to touch on the theme of music, uh, I bought a keyboard. So I, I played oh. piano as a kid. So it, there's a little bit of a, a tiny Alan Yang cameo, uh, the little kid version in the scene after kid Angela messes up at the piano recital, you'll see her little brother like in the car sitting next to her. He has a medal on because I used to go to those recitals with my sister. We both would play box together. Um, so I haven't played piano in a long time. So I bought myself a keyboard and have been messing around on it. And it's been kind of fun. Oh, good, good. Keep yourself busy. <laughs> I've been do I I've been doing puzzles and just watching RuPaul's Drag Race and episodes of Top Chef. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all anything to stay sane. Oh, also, you know, like I, 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 you know, you can't go to the gym now. So I bought a weight bench, I bought a pull-up bar, and I bought dumbbells because it's like, yeah, because like I'm gonna go crazy. You can't leave. Yeah, you go to the gym. So yeah, you know, I bought I bought TRX bands, the ones that you hang over the door and doing yoga and all these apps i've heard that's great you know i you know speaking of kumail i was zooming with him and emily yesterday and and she was like kumail is working out more than ever he has a home setup so don't worry about his physique he's gonna keep <laughs> looking great he's gonna he's be gonna, very uh, he's very man, he's a very fit. yeah when uh when he was on the podcast uh and we saw him i was all man he's even more jacked than I thought he would be. I mean, how jacked oh. he was. Emily, he's, he's even more muscular, even after the quarantine. Wow. Like, he's just working out a ton at home. Wow. He's That's like the opposite of what's happening on my end. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the last question that we ask all of our guests um, is that, is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's a writer actor producer or creator that is not in the mainstream that you think people need to know about and you want to give shine to 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is actually a person who is no longer with us, but uh, I want to shout out Edward Yang and his movie E.E. is a movie from 2000, a Taiwanese-American director, uh, uh, just very influential on this movie. And and uh, people can explore his work. I've been asked before if there's if this can be a gateway to any other uh, director's work. And I would shout out Edward Yang and Ho Xiao Shen, who's another Taiwanese director, mm-hmm. um, as well as Wong Kar Wai, of course. Um, but uh, also no relation. Uh, I know his last name is Yang, but he's not related to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that there's going to be a whole new generation of, of Taiwanese American performers and, 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 and directors and, and writers. And, and I'm excited. You know, it's, 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 it's been a long time coming. And, uh, you know, I saw a lot of people saying that this is the first time we saw uh, Taiwanese in a movie period, in an American yeah. movie. And, and, and how meaningful that was to people. So I hope this is just the beginning and, and I hope to discover more voices on my own. Cool. Well, Alan, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, the, the, I mean, of course, you know, we, we normally are in our studio and it's a little bit more, you know, not personal, but in person, of course. But, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, you're our first remote guest and we're excited we're breaking ground. We're tra- <laughs> we're blazing trails. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much for for being so kind and watching the movie, and and we'll have to do it again sometime in person. I'd love to right. shake your hands when when that's safe to do. So yes, so let's- thank you. Yeah. Elbow bump. <laughs> elbow bump. <laughs> the elbow bump. But no, thank you so much, and then thank you so much for this film. Yeah, too. It's, yeah, it's, it's, really, really, it was a very touching film. I'm I'm really glad that that we got to see it and we got to speak to you. Um, yeah, and, and it's just too. yeah, congrats, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for so much, guys. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.